Welcome to Hass, but and we're back. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went ahead and watched both episodes 22 and 23, and we're doing a. We haven't done a double feature in a while, so we're doing a double feature finale extravaganza. Here's what happened. I said, "Can we please be done with season nine? And Travis and Ben agreed with me. Yeah. yeah. I was like, lads, we are so close to the finish line. Can we just, let's just end it. Let's finish it. Yeah. And these episodes really, like, they go one right after the other so well that it really, it did make more sense to do that. It's it's not a two-parter, but it is a two-parter in spirit. And also, like, yeah. you know, we, we killed Abaddon last week, and now we got to deal with the other big bad of the season, um, Dean. Uh, <laughs> and Metatron, I guess something, something with him too. Oh God, yeah. I do, it, I do not know. So, to start us off, let's do a quick, a brief plot summary of these two episodes. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and do those real quick, if that's okay. cool. Yep. Okay, so. Uh, Stairway to Heaven begins with an angel kamikazing himself in an ice cream parlor full of people, including a little girl who is also an angel who's working for Metatron. Because the kamikaze angel is Twist working for Castiel, or so he says. Sam and Dean get called in by Cass to help figure out what the fuck is going on. Also, another angel named Josiah has gone missing around this time. Dean is pretty quickly able to suss out, like, who the perpetrators are, which includes three other angels and Tessa. Remember her, the Reaper? Yeah, it turns out Reapers are also angels, and also that's complicated. Don't worry, she dies this episode, and we never have to worry about her again. I did a thumbs up. I paused for dramatic. chase there. (laughs) So... Uh, Dean has become crazier and crazier with the mark of Cain, and when Sam asks him to leave the first blade home, Dean says he will, and then decides not to anyways. He is an entire asshole for the entire fucking episode. Meanwhile, Sam and Cass get to bond, and with Cass's newfound pop culture knowledge, while they're searching for the entrance to heaven, they're able to get through a series of traps left by Metatron that are all popular movie references, including a Lord of the Rings reference and a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference. Unfortunately, the entrance to heaven Cass was rumored about is not actually an entrance to heaven, but is instead... um, a trap set by Metatron. They also find Josiah, who has unfortunately been barbecued by holy oil and fire. He dies, but not before telling Cass to go fuck himself. Um, Metatron, meanwhile, tries to uh, get him and Gadriel to recruit more angels because Cass is winning the angel war. Um, it doesn't go well for them, but Metatron is able to get most of Cass's army on his side when he reveals that Cass has stolen grace inside of him and not his own grace. Uh, It turns out Metatron was also the person who was behind the angels kamikazing themselves. And the episode ends with Gadriel turncoating and going over to the brother's side, as well as Dean being a huge fucking asshole Kind of because of the Mark of the Cain, but also because Dean has just generally become unpleasant since, like, season five. Yeah. Do you believe in miracles as the season finale? And it starts with Dean trying to kill Gadriel and Sam and Cass quarantining him. 
Dean ends up summoning Crowley to basically help him track down Metatron because he believes he's the only person who can kill Metatron. Um, Cass and Gadriel do a whole, we're going to uh, get into Jabba the Hutt's palace by pretending we have a Wookiee that the, you know, by pretending we're going to do the Chewbacca prisoner thing. It's literally ripped from Star Wars because that's yeah. where Cass got the idea from. Um <laughs> And Sam and Dean track down Metatron to a homeless encampment because Metatron has dressed up like a homeless guy and has been going around healing people. He's basically setting himself up as a real-life messiah for humanity. So he's already got the angels, he's let the angels back into heaven, and now he's trying to get humanity to worship him, right? Um... Cass and Gadriel get to heaven. They are immediately found out and put in prison. Gadriel ends up sacrificing himself using the same kamikaze spell from last episode to set Castiel free. Meanwhile, Metatron and Dean are fighting. Sam tried to go in with Dean as backup, but Dean punches him out again, like he did in the episode with Abaddon, so that that doesn't happen. Uh, Dean and Metatron fight, and Metatron kills Dean. Yay! Yay! Boom. The bad, the bad guy is defeated. <laughs> um, so seconds after he stabs Dean fatally, Cass finds the angel tablet and breaks it in an attempt to uh, break Metatron's power. Metatron immediately goes back up to heaven and unfortunately spills the beans on what he's been doing the entire fucking season to all of the angels who hear it through Angel Radio. It is actually set up in the beginning of the episode that he is the only one who can communicate through Angel Radio now and Cass tricks him into giving up his plan. Um, and Metatron ends up in jail dean is still dead the season almost ends on a happy ending except whoopsie daisy crowley forgot to tell dean that actually if you die when you're a human when the mark of cain you may come back as a demon and that is exactly what happens the season ends with dean opening his eyes fully black so i guess we're hooked in for season 10 huh yeah i guess so and that's what happens on supernatural Season nine finale. Oh, God. This is just... This really has just become a whole mess, hasn't it? (laughs) There's a lot to unpack here. Let's just burn the suitcase instead. Yeah. The episode's over, y'all. Goodbye. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Especially with that Empire ending. Holy shit. You know what? I'm going to do a compliment sandwich. It may be an open face compliment sandwich. Yeah. But I will lay down the bread, okay? Okay. I think that if this were the last episode of the show, I would say that Cass actually had a pretty good character arc. And in the parts of the finale that he was in, not bad. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see how... Cass's drive to stop Metatron comes from knowledge of his own failure. Yes. Honestly, it's a pretty good wrap-up. In a, in a bigger way than Season 7 or 8 were, it's also a pretty good redemption arc from Season 6 Cass. Yes. And I think it was planned. Several times over the course of the season when Cass raises his angel army, 
several characters mention the fact that he's done this before and how that turned out. But Mm -hmm. this season, Cass does not fail. And what's more, he does what he set out to do. He said he wasn't going to use violence to defeat Metatron, and he doesn't. Yeah. He's able to trick Metatron into confessing, and they put him in prison. Metatron survives this season. It's honestly pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Castiel finally lived up to looking like Constantine. Pretty, yeah. Cass uses his wits to defeat Metatron. I mean, it's the most obvious ploy in the history of anything, you yeah. know? It's he did he did the old oh it turns out the mic was hot, yeah. Which is as so old. I think it's a trope that's been around before microphones existed. Like it's just yeah, that definitely. fucking old. Yeah, yeah. But like for this you pull show, back the curtain and there's everyone else, and you set it in front of them yep. behind the curtain. Yeah, like yeah. But it is, I mean, for Supernatural, pretty good. Like, not bad. Um, yeah, that that's really, like, fuck whatever Sam and Dean had going on. Oh, God, this yes. season finale was about Cass. Yep. And because the whole time in both of these episodes, the only thing I could think about was how Cass is, Cass is trying to take down Metatron. Yep. So Metatron doesn't become who he was in season six. Well, and also the season eight ended because Metatron tricked Cass. Season Mm -hmm. nine ends with Cass tricking Metatron. It's bookends. It's It's, yeah, that's really good. And then we also it was totally right for Cass to be the person to defeat Metatron. If Dean had done it, it would have been. Not appropriate. Metatron is Cass's villain. Like, that is his enemy. It's his yeah. antagonist. Lucifer was Sam's. Alistair was Dean's. This is Cass. This is his. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that he's the one to defeat him. Anything else would have been, would have felt really cheap. Yeah. Um, and, like, they just couldn't figure out, like, how they wanted to get rid of Metatron. So we'll just have Dean stab him. Um, and it illustrates the differences between Metatron and Cass. And that also is emblematic of Cass's character development. Season six, Cass would not have seen the other angels as his equal. He literally set himself up to be a god. And Metatron mm-hmm. does the same thing. He thinks that the other angels are sheep. They're worthless, right? But Cass sees them as equals, as his allies, and as his family. At least by the end of the season, uh, of season nine. Yeah, definitely. It really shows his character development, and it really, really shows how good a character he can be. And this is what redeems Cass. And I really liked that. Yeah, I really liked that. I'll say say this. I actually... um, So another thing that happened this episode, and that's been actually set up through the entire season, is, hey guys, lying is bad. Um, Every time a character has lied, with some exceptions, because it is supernatural, and some... They can't... 
always nail it. They'll set out to do things, but they can't, like, quite get there. So I, I think they have succeeded on this, right? But every time a character has lied, even if it's been for the right reasons, it's eventually come to bite them in the ass. So Dean lies to Sam and Kevin dies. Um, mm-hmm. Dean lies to Sam again, and their only way to get to Metatron almost dies. And Cass has to pay the price on that because Cass heals Gadriel after Dean uh, attacks him with the first blade. And Cass healing Gadriel causes his stolen grace to become more unstable, right? Yeah. Uh, Gadriel and Cass lie to get into heaven and they are immediately found out. Metatron lies to the angels to get them on his side and then that lie is revealed, right? Yeah. Dean punches Sam out after being like, yeah, we're doing this together. So lie again and he dies. (laughs) (laughs) Like lying this season is a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, and also Cass lies about his grace and gets abandoned by his whole team. Exactly. Um, It is only when Cass tells the truth that he's able to win and rally the angels again. Um, Man, that really was the theme of the season, huh? It really fucking was. And the truth still set you free. Yeah. They nearly nailed it. But here's the thing. Crowley lied the entire fucking season and he's doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Rules don't apply to Crowley. <laughs> I think that's the he's lesson the there. Yeah. Yeah. Um... All right, I think we've been very complimentary so far. Yeah. (laughs) Surprisingly so. I know. When I first saw this season finale, I was like, holy shit. Do You Believe in Miracles is maybe the worst season finale I've ever seen. And here's the thing. I hadn't seen season 10 or 11 yet. (laughs) So I didn't know that there was worse to come. But looking back, rewatching this episode... Rewatching Do You Believe in Miracles, it actually has. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It is okay. Honestly, I was just by Do You Believe in Miracles? I was just over it. I was oh, like, God. let's get it fucking done with already. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing Stairway to Heaven was fucking garbage. One of the yeah. worst episodes of the season. In a season of terrible episodes. Yeah, it's like, holy shit. So, I posed this to our Discord, and now I'm going to ask you guys, why do people, Why is Dean such a popular character? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. I can tell you why. Okay. Because people love a Dirty Harry character. They love when, like... Because Dean already started as sort of an anti-hero. And now he's, like... He's dealing with the mark. And people really ate up him being so man-painy about the mark. Like, sure, it's this insurmountable amount of weight and pain causing him to kill. Like an addiction. 
And that's what I really remember people liking about him. And then you also have the Clint Eastwood impression that he's been doing ever since he saw Kane. Yeah. I don't like those characters. I do yeah, like... Yeah, color me surmised. Yeah. I do like anti-heroes, and I do like characters mm. who are kind of assholes. Like, I like Deadpool, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think he is... He definitely is a fucked up dude who does really bad shit. Here's the difference, though. Deadpool Wade Wilson kind of starts like that. Dean has evolved into this into like so much worse than he was and i feel like he's suffering from no the character really wouldn't do that why the fuck are the writers doing this to him see here's my thing i think dean would because this is not just a this season problem and it's not just the mark of cain so Cass in Stairway to Heaven, Dean goes up to Cass and is like, publicly in front of everyone there, is like, hey Cass, you shouldn't have this power because you misuse it in season six, and also you are the type of person to ask angels to emulate themselves for you. And Cass says later to Sam... I don't think Dean would say that normally. I think it's the mark. But here's the thing. I think Dean would. Well, I think I think the context is Dean would say that normally, but if it weren't for the mark, he would at least do it like privately. Yeah. Oh, well, well okay. Oh, hold on. <laughs> oh. See, I actually do agree with that statement, Travis. I think the mark is taking all of Dean's worst qualities and turning them up. Unfortunately, yeah. all of Dean's worst qualities are actually pretty abusive to his family and friends. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you and, mean the guy just punched his brother again? Yes. In the face? Yes. Yeah. In the season... Oh, Sam really takes it this episode. Holy shit. I... Mm. Okay, so Stairway to Heaven ends, and Sam is like, Dean, I specifically asked you not to bring the murder knife with us. And Dean says, yeah, I know, but you were being a fucking infant, and it is a dictatorship until Metatron is dead, and if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. And Sam immediately does not, stops arguing with him. Season one, Sam would have walked out of the bunker. And then killed Metatron with the pure rage of that fight. (laughs) He has been so beaten down. He is a shell of who he was. When that moment happened, my experience watching Stairway to Heaven was Dean would talk, I would pause, and then I would go walk around my house. (laughs) Just (laughs) muttering to myself like a lunatic. Just like, what the fuck is... Are there, am I supposed to like this character? This can't just be the Mark of Cain. Because he called Cass a baby in a trench coat in season six. He has always been kind of verbally abusive. And holy shit, when he knocked that table over to attack a woman for daring to not lick his asshole, I thought I was going to throw my computer across the room. That was my experience yeah. watching the episode. 
And I think it, I said it took me two Sam, hours to watch this episode to watch Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> I think I said Sam takes it for this episode, like this episode specifically. Yeah. But also like just the whole season. Like Sam Dean really walks all over Sam this whole season. He, he gaslights yeah. him. He lies to him. He makes him think he's crazy. He aids in uh, his bodily autonomy being violated. He manipulates him. He infantilizes him. And then to add insult to injury, whenever Sam defends himself, he shouts him down and tells him he'd do it again. That everything Dean has done is justified. And if it wasn't, well, he was lied to, too. This is the character that's the most popular? Are you fucking kidding me? I wanted to strangle him. I wanted yeah. to kill him. When he died, yeah, I was, was like, Sam, let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Just let him go. And and a big chunk of that stuff that you listed is stuff that happened before he got the mark of Cain. Yes, I know. <laughs> the issue is that the writers seem to have forgotten, because usually with this type of character, what you want to do is you want to balance out their bad qualities with their good ones but I'm having a hard time remembering what those qualities are. Yeah, I... Same. Same. Yeah. What are what are some of Dean Winchester's good qualities? Well, In this season, there's not very many. No. He's loyal to his family. He's loyal to the people he loves. I mean, is it loyalty That's got when an you're lying next and abusing to, to them? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And here's the thing. Season one through five, Dean. Oh, my God. So many good qualities. He's funny. He's charming. He does care about his brother to the point where it is kind of unhealthy, where he will do anything to them, but never to the extent that he went to this season. Like, they just have forgotten yeah. to put those good qualities in there. I yeah. think... I, I mean, obviously, this is season nine. The show has gone on for almost ten years at this point. We've really gone into a flanderization of Dean Winchester. Yes, but it's a flanderization in the worst way. Yeah. Because usually... So just in case you don't know what a flanderization is, it's where... A character gets introduced and they have like a thing, right? So this is actually a really good example of Dean's flanderization, not related to his worst fucking qualities. So early on in season one, Dean casually mentions that he enjoys pie. Well, the fandom grabs a hold of this fact and make a makes a big deal out of it. And there's tons of memes and it comes up in all the fanfic and there's gift sets of Dean ordering pie. And so by season four, one of Dean's major personality traits is that he loves pie more than any other dessert, right? So in season one, it wasn't just that like Dean loves pie. It's that he has a sweet tooth and loves to eat in general. But by season six... If you were to ask anyone what Dean's favorite food is, well, it's pie. He talks about it all the time. It shows up in, yeah. like, heaven and, like, all that shit. Number one pie, number two cheeseburger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's an example of, like, the typical type of flanderization that goes on. And what's happened with Dean here is that is is they've taken, like, all of the worst qualities and taken them out to the extreme. And then what they've done with Sam is flattened him as a character. Yep. 
to the point where I can't really like what does Sam do this season? What is he like this season? He gets shouted down a lot. Yeah, that like Sam's role this season is to be Dean's punching bag. That's it. Yeah. Sam doesn't do anything substantial. No, not really. He helps actually honestly when Dean like leaves, he helps Cass with stuff. He and Cass get teamed up more. Yeah. But in those and I, episodes, I will say I I loved every time Sam and Cass were teamed up together. Oh, me too. Even in even in Stairway to Heaven. <sighs> yes, yes, I agree. Um and that moment in the car where Cass asks Sam if he believes that Cass would force those angels to kamikaze themselves or ask them to for like the greater good and Sam says no. It really tugged at my heartstrings. Yeah. That was one of the better moments of the episode. That and there was another good Stairway to uh, Heaven moment. I just can't remember what it is. Definitely not Tessa. God, fuck Tessa. That that was like... That definitely didn't need to happen. No. So did that... Did that basically confirm that Reapers are just angel angels that take orders from death? Yes. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Reapers get introduced, and they're kind of their own thing. I mean, they get introduced in season one before angels are even introduced. Yeah. yeah. And they're so separate from like the idea of what an angel is that you know hunters don't believe angels exist really. Mm-hmm. But they know Reapers exist. I, you know, fucking uh, Supernatural is just fucking flannerizing their monsters to only be angels or demons. I mean, yeah. We've gone from a pantheon of monsters in seasons one through five to angels, demons, vampires, Shape- Werewolves. Yeah, shapeshifters. Shapeshifters. Anything humanoid, yeah. 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 Anything humanoid <laughs> that can have weird eyes and a glowing hand. Yep. It's cheap. Yep. Uh get out the get out the demon contacts, because we're doing that again. I honestly think I think so much of this show started going to paying Jensen, Jared, and Misha. Mm-hmm. That they ran like they didn't have any budget for any other cool monsters anymore. So they had to pay their main actors. I'll tell you right now, I actually um, know that there was pay discrepancy between what Jensen was being paid and what Jared and Misha were being paid per episode. And then also remember, Misha only shows up in about half the episodes per season. Yeah. Like he is a main character, and I don't know if he gets paid, like, I don't know what their contracts look like. I just know, and I and I yeah, would have I mean, to double check on the payment discrepancy, but I know I read somewhere that Jensen was making X amount per episode, and Jared was making X amount, and Misha was making X amount, and it went, like, in order, Jared, Jensen, or uh, Jensen, Jared, and Misha. If I remember That's right. wild, because I feel like... I, I kind of understand Misha getting paid a little less because he is in fewer episodes. But I feel like if you are going to be in an episode an equal amount of time as your co-actor, 
like you are the two main characters of this show where you cannot have the show without either of you, I think you should be getting paid the same. So when Ari says payment discrepancy, if I remember right, Jensen was paid, like, let's say his payment is like 100%. I want to mm-hmm. say Padalecki's was more like maybe two-thirds, if I'm being generous, but I want to say it was less than two-thirds of what Jensen was making. And oh, then, yikes. And then Misha, it was like a fifth of what Jensen was being paid. Oh, no, if Misha. I, if I remember the amounts right. I don't remember the exact amounts, but I think those were the, like... That's like the kind of discrepancy we're talking about. That's more of a discrepancy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hold just a second, because I'm going to look it up and try to see um, if I can find. Oh, oh my god! Okay, so according to ShowbizCheatSheet.com, uh, and this was published in 2019, so right before the show ended, uh, Padalecki was making 125,000 per episode. Ackles was making a hundred and seventy-five thousand. Wow, that is a big discrepancy for Ma- Misha was making a hundred and ten thousand per episode. Oh my god! So yeah. Misha and pa- Misha and uh, Jared were making like a closer amount than Jared and Jensen. Yeah. Like, the, the discrepancy between your two leads is bigger than the discrepancy between, like, a guy who shows up in half the episodes. And it's still very important. Like, Cass is, at this point, one of my favorite characters. And honestly, if the show were about him and Crowley, I'd be down. I'd be cool with it. Yeah, but, like, oh, God, that's so frustrating. I know. I'm, fr- I'm frustrated for Jared. Yeah. I know. I I no, fucking know. See, no one gives a shit about Misha. Uh, <laughs> see, I see, I think I think Jared and Jensen should be making the same, mm-hmm. and Misha should be making what Jared was making. I I will say I'm okay with Misha making less because he doesn't show up in every episode, and he's yeah. also not been in the show as long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Jared has been there since day one, and what's more, when the show started, he was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> he, so yeah, he they was really the main did character. A, they did a, they really did a main character flip flop. Like we oh went from Luke Skywalker to Anakin real quick. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And I don't use Luke Skywalker. I don't know if y'all remember this, but I don't use Luke Skywalker. Incidentally, that is how Eric Kripke described Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Sam is Luke Skywalker. Dean is Han Solo. And here's here's actually something. Yeah, but Dean's Anakin now. Oh, one hundred percent. And we're not we're not not Episode One Anakin and not post Darth Vader Redemption Anakin. Order yeah, sixty six. Order sixty six Anakin. <laughs> This is killing some younglings in the temple, yep. Anakin. <laughs> a kid well, walks up really to him and up. it's like, what's happening, Master Jedi? And Dean lights that lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, Anakin only doubled the numbers of younglings in that room. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. So, I'm, oh. I'm re-watching Star Wars right now and I'm doing it in order. Um... So I just started episode one, and uh, it's been on the brain. It's been on the brain. That's fair. <sighs> okay, so 
I want to go back to Dean because I've really ragged on him this episode. But here's the thing. Compared to some of the characters that I actually am pretty fond of, Dean has not done, like, the worst things, right? That's Arguably, true. what Sam has done has been worse than Dean. Somewhat. Kind of. I, I am very curious by that statement. Yeah, I'm actually going to walk it back. I, I thought about it and I disagreed. I was thinking, okay. like, you know, he, Sam did technically set Lucifer free and start... The apocalypse, but honestly, that was a two-hander. That was a two-hander and also a fucking mistake. Yes, that's true. And Dean, he didn't have all the information, but he did kind of... I mean, dude, it was called the Mark of Cain. Did you think it was going to be like sunshine and butterflies? Are you shocked that it's making you good at murder? (laughs) And making you want to do more murder? So the reason why I'm ragging so hard on Dean, but not necessarily on Crowley or Cass, who are arguably, like, have done worse things, but, one, the show, I'm supposed to know that what Crowley does is bad, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to know that Crowley does it because he's kind of a bad person. I'm supposed to put the blame of Dean's actions on the mark of Cain, And that's not me, like, guessing. That's straight up stated by Cass. When Cass is like, I think it's the Mark that's making him act this way. And when Sam is like, Dean, the Mark's acting, making you act crazy. Like, they're trying to put the blame of Dean's actions onto the Mark and not on Dean. But it's got to at least partly be on him. Because Kane had the Mark for hundreds of years. And he opened an apiary. Yeah. And well, they try to excuse it by being like, well, Cain was a demon, so he was able to handle it. Like, that somehow makes even less sense to me. I do have a question. Yeah, sorry, hit me. Back in, like, season two, mm-hmm. when we had Demon Blood Sam, everyone was blaming Sam for what the Demon Blood was doing to him. Which I mean, yeah. wasn't which wasn't that bad. Not like what's happening with Dane here, no. but still, yeah. a comparison is being made. Why can we yeah. blame the Mark for Dane, but we can't blame the Demon Blood for Sam? Um, because the showrunners want us to like Dean, and also everything that Dean has done is worse than Sam. True. Yeah. 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 Dean, the reason why Dean's actions are so terrible to me is because they're so realistic. They are very realistic, and... Uh, yeah. It's the, um... People know that Voldemort is a bad guy, mm-hmm. but people fucking hate Umbridge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, genocide happens, and it is evil. It is evil on a level that I cannot understand. And murder happens, and that shit is wrong, and it is bad. And being the king of hell and tricking people into demon deals and then stealing their souls ten years later to torture them forever, not a good look, Crowley. But that is inconceivable to me, because it's not part of my reality. I've lived a pretty cool life, and... I can't 
imagine being confronted with that. So when I see it on TV done by a character that's pretty charming and pretty funny, and also Crowley is kind of going through a redemption arc right now. Mm. I, I like Crowley because, yeah, it's evil, but it's cartoonish, you know? Yeah, it's like, of course, the devil would do shit like this kind of stuff. Exactly. But Dean, who is basically acting like an abusive boyfriend, is a concept mm. that I'm very familiar with. And so when I see Dean act the way he does, and I'm not like, ah, what a jokey guy. I'm like, holy shit, get Sam and Cass, run. Get out of there, man. And that, to me, is, like, why I can kind of write off what Crowley has done. Mm -hmm. But I want Dean to fall down a cliff. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, no, that's very fair and apt. Yeah. Also, we were talking a lot about Cass's character development in um, the season finale, uh, Dean has no such development. I don't know. He has undevelopment. I feel like he gets worse. Yes, that yeah. is true. He does get worse, but it's a magical outside influence. He doesn't actually change. Hmm. He starts the season lying to Sam and gaslighting him. Mm-hmm. And he and Sam finds out about it, confronts him, and Dean's response is, yep, and I'd do it again, bitch. And then the season ends with him lying to Sam. Yeah. I mean, really a lateral move. It very much is. Even yeah. Sam has development, kind of. Really what happens with Sam is that it turns out when Dean is in the same place he was at the beginning of season nine, end of season eight, Sam said during season nine that if Dean died, he would let him go. And Sam actually wouldn't. Because he tries to make the deal with Crowley to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the more I rewatch this episode and talk about it with you guys the less it becomes a comfort show for me. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mean that in a sad way. I just mean... Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, the more of a microscope you put on something, the yeah. more you see its flaws. This feels like... Uh, whatever the fuck that uh, Pure Flix movie is where the guy sues the devil... <laughs> but we're having to like we're having this long, slow, drawn out trial of Dean Winchester, which what it's what the show has become. It's this is what the show is giving us to work with to talk about. 
and it just feels like if if Dean had if that fucking Egyptian episode from was that this season or was that last season? I want to say it was last season. Oh, it uh, was two seasons to, like, ago, actually. It was season time, seven, I believe. Goddamn, time is soup. Um, it is soup. Also, it doesn't matter. I don't really care. If if that episode happened in the future, or if, he, if it was in between fucking Stairway to Heaven and goddamn Miracles, whatever. I feel like the guy would like take one look at Dean and be like, nope. Like, yeah. just completely, uh, like, obliterated. I'm, I'm just dragging you. I'm just dragging... We're just going to save everybody some time, huh? Everybody's yeah. time gets saved. Yep. Uh, yeah. Let me let me help your brother. Let me help Cass. Uh, let me help random women that you're going to accost in the future. It's like the, there's a fucking uh, new David Cronenberg movie. I think it's Crimes of the Future. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. I feel like... Uh, if Dean existed in some, like, universe where that was, like, I think both John and Mary would have been wiped from existence just because of the possibility of making Dean. <laughs> um, I mostly I, just wanted to talk about that movie for a second, but yeah. No, I hear you, and now I really want to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Now that you've reminded me it exists. I'm excited just from what the fuck the fucking what David Cronenberg said about it him damn self. Oh my god, and I do love a good Cronenberg, you know? Who doesn't? Yeah. Huh? Who oh no, he wants to doesn't. return to like the fucking body horror of the fly. Sorry, this is apropos of nothing. I honestly I needed a break from shitting yeah. on this episode, so yeah. I appreciate it. So it's got Kristen Stewart in it and fucking uh, Vigo Mortensen, I believe. I don't remember the third uh, guy's yes. name. Sorry. Uh, it, but Cronenberg himself, he was like, people are probably going to walk out within the first five minutes, mm. but definitely within the last 20. Holy shit. Yes. Jesus. I hope he means in a, it's disturbing and it'll make you think about it sort of way and not in a, because uh, it's that bad. <laughs> From what I understand, that's what he means, is the uh, the first part is, like, the part to get you hyped. Like, it's going to be fucked up. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. Again, I, I do love a good uh, a good Cronenberg. Yeah, it's some good old body horror. So, oh my god. I also have been in a mood for David Lynch recently. Man, I've been re- wanting to rewatch Twin Peaks just because of memes and shit. Just because I was like, I want to watch something stupid, but great. Yeah. I want to watch um, Blue Velvet. I don't remember whose pick it is for uh, LSA, but they should pick Blue Velvet. It's it's mine. Oh, hell. I thought yeah. you were going to say it was mine. I was like, fuck yeah. No, it's, it's for me. It's okay. mine. Um, getting back to the episode, do we have to? Yes, yes, we do. Um, yeah, because there's two of them. Holy shit. I know. Yeah. And there's still so much more to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about, oh, Stairway to Heaven, written by Andrew Dabb. Yep. Once again. I mean, there was fucking three. There was just like straight up. They're not even trying to cover up movie references anymore. They're just like, yeah, it's just this from this movie. Like, yeah. 
the all the puzzles that Sam and Cass have to do is just like, oh yeah, it's just like Lord of the Rings, it, and just like just, yeah. as soon as Sam said the words "penitent man," I was like, uh, yeah. fucking Last Crusade. Um, it's literally the door they have to get through is literally the speak friend and enter door. Yeah. yeah. Except- but worse. But worse because it's the it's why is six afraid of seven because seven eight nine. Although I will say Cass's line about because it's a prime because number. it's a prime number and prime numbers can be intimidating. I did think that was very cute and very Cass. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to steal that answer for my D and D campaign. Yes. Yes. Do they listen to this show? I don't think so. Okay, great. Mine doesn't either. So, well, except I mean, for if ben, they do but... anyway, it, it'll be so far in the future that they won't remember. Damn but... right, they won't. Yeah, I. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys saying something? <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> oh yeah. It will not be part of our campaign, Ben. I'll oh, tell you that. Fuck. So. Um, okay. Okay, so let's talk about Tessa and how bringing her back was an absolute waste. And for what? And for why? <sighs> she was wearing white this episode, right? Or uh, that episode? I think, I think she's so. wearing a black coat. I, hey. The violence that Dean does to Tessa before she dies is... It's fucked up, man. So fucked up. Like, he has a reason for it, and Dean Winchester is always justified. But it's disturbing. It really is. And they had a relationship before. Not like a real relationship, but like a little like flirtation. Tessa even calls their meeting a meet cute in the episode. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's upsetting. How she's treated this episode is upsetting. Yeah. Also, just not like, I mean, we've seen Tessa like, one three times before this it did she seem like the type of person who would do this no no because in the in the past episodes that she's appeared in reapers were not the same thing as angels they were not also Okay, so Tessa, this episode, is one of the kamikaze angels, and she says she's a kamikaze angeling because she can't lead souls to heaven, and she hears them screaming, and she's very upset about that. So she has a, she goes crazy and decides to suicide when killing a bunch of innocent people shit. Because she loves Cass. The way, like, you know, some people love cult leaders. Yeah. She's she's a Manson girl. Charles Manson even gets a shout-out in the episode. Oh, yeah. It's Ugh, And there's nothing at all in her character, what we've seen previously, that would indicate that this would ever happen. She has always been a no-bullshitter. She comes on the screen, Dean makes flirty faces with her, and she's like, no, fuck you, I'm a representation of death. Like, I take my job very seriously, and the balance of, you know, life and death are very important to me, and, I, you know, you can't cheat the rules, even when it sucks, you kind of have to do what you're supposed to. Yeah. 
and this episode is just completely different from what we've seen. And then she dies and it's another female character they brought back for the purpose of killing her when she could have just not come back. Yeah. It does nothing. Dean doesn't hesitate about like mistreating her at all. He does not. And you think that would be the reason why they brought her back. So Dean's down to Mark a Kane anybody, but because he and Tessa have some history and we're kind of friends, you know, there's some hesitancy there. But he treats her the same as he treats anyone else in the episode. Cruelly. Yeah. And then Tessa kills herself on the on the first blade. Yeah, she does run into his knife pretty hard. She does, mm-hmm. ten times. She runs into his knife ten times. And it's just, it's so disappointing. Yeah. And this is the second time in a row, like, a female character has gotten just a really ignoble death. Because we got Abaddon last week. Mm-hmm. And I always knew Abaddon was going to die, but there really wasn't any reason for Tessa. Could have just no. been a first-time character we saw. Yeah. The entire episode, the angels are like, Dean's out of fucking control. I don't understand why Cass keeps him around. And they're right. Yeah. They asked Cass to kill Dean at the end of the episode, and I was like, do it. (laughs) Do what you know to be true. Yeah. It It was a very dumb moment, but I... Yeah. Ooh, and then I hated how the episode ended, too. So, obviously, that episode ends with um, Dean telling Sam that he's being an infant, and basically, it's his way or the highway until Metatron's dead. This is not a democracy. We are not a team. It is a dictatorship, and I am the leader. Um, But then... Cass and Dean have a little moment together and the first part of the episode Dean is constantly like I believe you did this I don't trust you Um, you shouldn't be leading this army you know remember all your failings remember all your faults and then the episode ends with Cass being like Dean do you still think that I could have done this and dean says you just sacrificed your entire army to save me so no i don't think that anymore (sighs) and the way ackles plays it and then also just my own biases for the character it feels very it doesn't feel genuine it feels pretty manipulative of dean to say Mm -hmm. this oh yeah absolutely he's taking advantage of Cass in a very vulnerable moment for him because if Cass is the main character of this season, and if Metatron is his villain, this is Cass's, like, lowest point before... It's it's the hero's journey lowest point, right? Yeah. It, it's yeah. the moment in Star Wars when it looks like Darth Vader is not going to betray the Emperor, and Luke is getting lightning to death. Mm-hmm. So, and that Death Star is, in fact, fully operational. It is a trap. Um, speaking of, should we talk about the queer baiting? 
Uh, yeah. A lot of queer baiting these ep- these two episodes, huh? So, uh, you want to know a fun little queer baiting story about Stairway to Heaven? I would love to know nothing more. <laughs> this is, um, this is a little blurb from my favorite website, SupernaturalWiki.com. Oh my god, my favorite website too. Yeah. Sam and Castiel think they have found a door to heaven when they... This is in the minutia section of the episode. When they enter, uh, they find a room decorated with kitschy party decorations and a sign from Metatron saying, Welcome to your own personal heaven, Castiel. Good luck finding the real one. At Justin Bellow, Italy, 2014, Jared reported that originally the writers had indicated that it was supposed to be a bunch of pictures of Dean. I think the writers thought it was funny. He added... But we were like, it is funny, but we don't want to give the audience the wrong idea that that's what's going on. But the idea was that Metatron was messing with Cassiel, so we didn't want to make the episode seem like it was hinting towards something, because that would have ruined the show to make it about something it wasn't. So so they changed it to make it like a really kitschy, goofy kind of thing. End quote. Deep, beleaguered sigh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if they wanted to avoid those implications, then maybe don't have Cass throw away his entire army for Dean. And then also, maybe in the season finale, when Cass breaks the angel tablet don't have metatron have a little speech about how the only reason why he breaks the angel tablet is to save dean because it's all about dean if you want to avoid those implications maybe don't include those lines supernatural (laughs) yeah um also especially hilarious considering where the show is going but we can talk about that later (laughs) Uh, cross that bridge when it catches on fire Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Much like that dude in uh, Fake Heaven. Yeah. I mean, I'm guess I, I guess I'm glad that didn't happen. It, considering imagine... they're doing it as a joke. Oh, Tumblr yeah, could, would have exploded. Yeah, I was going to say, could you imagine May 13th, 2014 Holy... on Tumblr.com I... if it had been a room full of pictures of Dean? <laughs> My brother in Christ, can I imagine it? <laughs> I was in Tumblr the week of I was on Tumblr the week of the election in 2020. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it pretty pretty well. Oh, shit. Speaking of that scene, this is completely, well, not completely unrelated, because it is about the that scene where Cass walks into his hev- his personal heaven or whatever, his fake heaven. But the subtitle said that Cheek to Cheek by Fred Astaire was playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. The lyrics were happening, but the music was not. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing there. Like, I don't know if they had to do something crazy because of the rights or if that version of the song is just not very good but it was a mess it was i was just like it was because the jazz song that was playing over it was so discordant that i was like what this isn't cheek to cheek what the fuck is happening it was weird yeah but also you know that was like kind of a not that fred astaire was in the rat pack but that's kind of a rat pack thing where it's like 
they basically don't sing on tempo, but that's <laughs> that's because they were so drunk yeah. out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> but they like they were like, yeah, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, in fucking uh, The Sopranos, in case you haven't finished it, I'm sorry, when uh, fucking, when Tony's nephew dies, when Tony kills him, right before he does, uh, there's a really fucked up version of Pink Floyd's, I think Comfortably Numb is playing, and that's to like signify that something really fucked up is about to happen. Interesting. Which is Tony killing his surrogate son. Oh, uh, what's his face that's there from, like, the beginning? Yeah, uh, goddamn, um, I'm looking right goddamn at him. His nephew... Yeah, I can see his face. Yeah, the guy that's on heroin most of the show, and then it's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. God, what the fuck? Damn. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know a little bit about Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you had finished it or not. I was like, ah, I'm sorry. No, I, know- I never got to finish it. I know you don't care about spoilers, so... The only song I associate with the Sopranos is Don't Stop Believin'. Yep. Or rather, Don't Stop! Uh, Yeah, and then the cut to black. And then cut to black, yeah. And the only song I associate with Supernatural is um, Carry All My Wayward Son. Mm. Although, I did not experience that with this season finale because I skipped the intro. They didn't... Oh, wait. They didn't. Oh, I guess I skipped the intro for the last episode too. Huh? Yeah. I don't think they because I just watched it straight. Usually, I like I watch the episode, I stop it, and then I start it for the next episode. But then I didn't do that for this yeah, one, no, so no, I did I, miss it. Yeah. For, dang, is that does that mean that they're like carry on my weird son is eventually gonna like lose meaning for supernatural because Never. uh because of how the uh it it just skips intros. Uh no, never. Not possible. You will always think of Supernatural when Carry On My Wayward Son plays. Um I usually think of Guitar Hero 2 when Carry On My Wayward Son okay, plays. Okay, well give it another ten seasons. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> another six seasons. <laughs> I was gonna say we've got almost that many left. Yeah. There's plenty of time for you to associate Carry On My Wayward Son. So and we haven't even gotten to the most times that they played in a single episode. Fucking A. Oh, Jesus. We'll get there eventually. Don't worry, buddy. Is it the is it the episode where they go to a play about themselves? <laughs> I, I guess we'll find out sooner or later. Because that episode is coming up in season 10 pretty early on. No! So, yeah. Oh, it's God. Can I episode. just... Can I? Can someone just get me addicted to opioids during this season so I don't have to remember it? How dare you not want to remember every minute of the worst season of Supernatural? Madness. I got you, bro. I'm just going to overdose on fentanyl instead. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, <laughs> so I want to talk real quick about something in Cass's character arc that was confusing to me, but maybe you can help it make sense. Okay. So at the end of Stairway to Heaven, Cass and Sam, they walk into heaven and they find the crispy body. Uh, <laughs> the, extra, <laughs> was the extra crispy body of uh, with 11 herbs and spices. Crispy, crispy body 
of Josiah, the angel who got like a shout out that he was missing in the beginning. And Cass goes to heal Josiah and Josiah's like, no, fuck you, Cass. I look in your eyes and I don't see an angel. And I was so confused. Like, yeah, Cass has tried to be human this season, but he's pretty much given that up by the time this episode happens. Like, where does just Josiah get off? And also, why does Cass, why does Josiah hate Cat? Like, I don't understand. Was it supposed to be a dig about his stolen grace? See, that's the only thing that makes sense. But then, like, I don't understand why this whole stolen grace thing is such a big deal. Because it implies that he killed um, an angel for it. Yeah. Yeah, but they, but all of them have killed angels for it. Like, you gotta get the blood off your own hands before you shit on Cass. Oh, you'd be like, very right. Like, they've all been fighting each other. I mean, you're very correct, but still Planks and Splinters. Yeah. yeah. Now, Cass did make a big deal about, like, I don't want another angel to die, he, it's not like he said that and then was still killing angels and doing it in secret. That happened before he made that promise. And he did it in self-defense. Like, he was captured. He was going to die if he didn't escape. I, I guess I'm just confused because the angels have been killing each other the entire season. I guess they can be mad that he lied about it, but it... it it really seems like they're treating it like a really big deal, and I just don't understand why. I mean, the show is full of hypocrisy. Oh, God. You're telling me. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about Metatron. Oh, Marv. God, Marv. Let, let's rank him. Among the pantheon of supernatural villains. I've got a better idea. Oh, yeah. Hit me with it. Better or worse than Eve? I mean, better than Eve. Everyone's better than Eve. Yeah, Abaddon's better than Eve. My left nutsack is better than Eve. All right, here's here's a go. Also, I did. I missed your nutsack on Supernatural. I'm sorry. Uh, So He was a very compelling villain. out Out of the last four... He oh, that, mu- oh, that must have been Dick. My left nutsack killed Bobby. How Shot dare right you say that you missed him? <laughs> uh, okay, out of the last four villains. Yeah. So, Marv, Abaddon, fucking, what was Dick's last name? Uh... Dick, Ri- Dick Richards. Dick Richards. Dick Richards. No, Dick Roman. Yeah, Dick Roman. Roman. Super Dick. Super Dick. Yeah. And Eve. And Eve. Yeah. All right. So Eve is in the bottom. Yep. Eve is bottom. Dick Roman is top. Yeah, Dick Roman's top. I would say the. I would also. I'm lumping the Leviathan in with Dick Roman. Mm. So yeah. it's Dick Roman and Co. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are a legion, mm-hmm. and they are many. Yeah. I would say Metatron is a better villain than Abaddon? Metatron had better motive than Abaddon. Yeah. I would say that 
Abaddon is not a very good villain, but that's not her fault. That's the writers failing her very mm. badly. Yeah. And then I would also say that Metatron's fall is is partly because he cannot imagine another angel outsmarting him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think like we said earlier, he's basically, this is a, a cast 2.0 situation. He has likened himself to a god. Yeah. yeah. And can't imagine anyone lower than him besting him. Yes. And then Cass, who has learned those lessons the hard way, is mm-hmm. able to defeat him because he's a better person and because he's grown and changed. Now, Abaddon's fatal flaw is also hubris, but it's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. And also, Dean doesn't best Abaddon because he's better than her. He bests Abaddon because he has a magic knife. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that magic stubby stubby. Exactly. Honestly, Abaddon suffers from one-shot character who stuck around too long syndrome. Yes. Yes. And, like, where Cass is the exemplary character of that. Um, I mean, not exemplary, but, like, Cass is the, like, shining star of that happening. Of uh, in like a good way, Abaddon is the direct opposite of how it can go wrong in every way. Yeah. Um, I would also say because that these, you know, this episode watching Marv get taken down is just much more entertaining and more thrilling than watching Abaddon be taken down. Yeah, because yeah. you don't so. get like we still have that dumbass like slow mo sequence, but it amounts to nothing. Yeah. Is that, is that why that scene happened earlier in the fucking season? So we would get like, it's like, oh, they're going to do that thing again. And then no, Dean gets stabbed. Yes. Yeah. 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 So God, that blows. The, basically, um, that's, yeah, exactly. And that scene happens so that when we see it again, we're like, oh, here it is. Dean's going to girl boss his way out of this one, too. And then mm-hmm. he doesn't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. And I'm glad he didn't. Me too. Again, if this episode ends with him dying, it has a happy ending. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was mean. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, even even if Dean hadn't been a 100% shitlord since the beginning of this season, like, if we had had a more whole picture of Dean actually being corrupted by the Mark of Cain, like, you know... It like if if the season hadn't started with him gaslighting Sam and lying to Sam and being a shit shit lord, um, and then we see him become a shit lord, then that would have been one thing, and it still would have I I think it would have had more impact of him dying because he became a he took on the mark of Cain mm-hmm. became a shit lord and then got proven wrong. Uh, I would argue. That Dean took on the mark of Cain and became the ultimate edge lord. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For the pun he entirely. Was... <laughs> <laughs> boo! I'm tomatoes. Uh. I'm throwing tomatoes at you, Ben. Boo! Hiss. Hiss boo. Okay, so I want to talk about um some things I feel that they could have done with Dean's character that would have made this 
season better and also I wouldn't hate him as much and then I would also like to talk about what I would like to see them do with Dean's character now that he is a demon okay. and some things I would like for his character arc in the future that I really mm. think could save the fucking character okay. oh also I'm gonna go ahead and plant this seed right now I don't think what the mark of Cain does makes very much sense when you get to season 11 I mean am I Ben, you've seen it. Am I wrong? Like, You're not why is wrong. it designed this way? Because we change writers. Like, not only do we change showrunners, like almost every other fucking season, but we also pass between like so many like writers per episode that yeah. no one can keep the goddamn pantheon of supernatural straight. Well, that and you're 100 percent right. And also, I, had, I tried Kri- really if hard. If I were Eric Kripke, I would be fucking weeping. He no, he did. He was like, I think he himself was pissed off with what happened with the goddamn show, and I, I think I, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I I'm fairly certain he asked for his name to be like taken off until the last season, sometime soon. Holy shit! Wow, I please. may be talking out of my ass though. Okay, if you find a source for that though, like please share it because I would love to know that. Um, so season eight. Season 8 through 11, the end of 11, are all Jeremy Carver. And I think Jeremy Carver may have a little bit of J.J. Abrams syndrome. Yeah. Where he, like, sets up a bunch of stuff, but that doesn't really have, like, anywhere to go with them. Um... I was rewatching. It's so funny that this was happening recently, but I was rewatching Lindsay Ellis's Game of Thrones... Uh, finale videos which are fantastic and I would highly mm-hmm. recommend watching those videos if you haven't seen them mm-hmm. um, but in it she talks about how like you kind of want to have an idea of where your story is going mm-hmm. but you don't want to be so married to that idea that you can't change it if you need to especially if like it wouldn't make sense for where the characters are yeah. Because characters yeah. can't hijack a story and you think it's going to end one way and then it ends completely different. But it is still important for you to have an idea of where you're going. Yeah. And I just don't think Jeremy Carver, I think he throws a bunch of shit at the wall and it's like, I don't know, this is kind of interesting. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then like decides on the destination. Well, I feel like Supernatural yeah. is like the worst version of the game telephone. Yes. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, it's also another fun thing. It's like the Bible. It's been translated and misinterpreted so many times. We've missed its original message, which is saving people and hunting things, the family business. And I'm fairly certain that was written in the red words. Oh, also. (laughs) (laughs) The red words are. Or what are direct quotes from John Wayne? Our Lord and Savior, Eric Kripke. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So, the Crip. Okay, so, (laughs) here's how I, if I were in control of Supernatural, if Jeremy Carver had come up to me, Ari Kobler, and given me his season nine pitch while we were in an elevator together, Here is what I think I would do. And I'm kind of making this up on the fly, much how I feel Jeremy Carver ran Supernatural. So it's appropriate. And also I reserve the right to change my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, and this pains me more than anything, but I would actually keep the beginning of the season the same. 
Okay. So I would have Dean do exactly what he did. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't have Gadriel kill Kevin. And instead of Kevin dying, actually what I would do is in the first half of the season, Kevin figures out that his mom is alive and he saves his mom. And then is like, oh, um, I'm piecing the fuck out. Like, I'm done with angels. I'm done with demons. Um, I'm going to go live a normal fucking life with my goddamn mom. I have enough skills now. Like, we have enough skills now as hunters that we will angel and demon proof the shit out of everything. But I'm, I'm done with you motherfuckers. And that is his exit from the show. Now... I don't think it's an amazing exit for Kevin, but I'm really fucking tired of Supernatural's like, oh, we're done with this character? We'll just kill them off. No yeah. one's ever allowed to just move. Yeah. And and retire yeah. and live a fucking life. And part of that is the tragedy of being a hunter. But mm. after, ten, you know, after nine seasons, it gets a little old. Fucking A. Kevin's young. Kevin doesn't deserve this. I think of all the characters, he is allowed to just go live his goddamn life with his mom while, you know, getting a job at a gas and sip and, like, living a normal life. Mm-hmm. I think he's allowed that. Um, in that hypothetical future, Kevin settles down with a nice girl. Every once in a while, he does some hunter shit, but it's very rarely. He lives to a ripe old age and has a million grandkids. Man, I'd watch the fuck out of that show. Oh, also, and I actually got this idea from a fanfic I read once. Mm-hmm. His mom becomes a psychiatrist and actually is a psychiatrist for hunters. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So she she is actually more connected to the hunter community and the supernatural community than Kevin is. Mm. Also, She'd make a hell of a Bobby. She really would. Oh my god, yes. We should have had her as bo- as another Bobby. Yeah, fuck. Honestly, she'd be a healthier Bobby. See, this is why we need to remake the show. Like, I know, right? HBO, give us the money to do it. Also, in this hypothetical like spinoff show mm. that's about Kevin and um, uh, his mom, uh, Kevin's mom, I can't remember her fucking name right now. I want to be like Lauren Tom, but that's the actress. Uh, yeah. Kevin's mom eventually, like, she starts out and she's just being a psychiatrist and a support system for hunters, but then mm-hmm. one day a monster shows up. Oh, no. And asks for help. Oh, shit, okay. And wants to become her client. And then she becomes a supernatural psychiatrist as well. And that also means that, like, she's such a boon to the monster community that every time an angel or a demon shows up to fuck with Kevin... They don't have to worry about it because the yeah. monsters are like, yeah. uh, not my fucking doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yes, that is the future that I want for them. They are out of the show. They are out of supernatural and that is what they are doing. And they are living perfectly happy lives. Like okay. a little crazy, a little supernatural, you know, every once in a while they do have to take down a demon or an angel, but generally they're doing okay. Now, I would watch that backdoor pilot. I know, right? Uh, now, 
if I ever, like, publish a book based off that idea, please know it was a fanfic I wrote and I filed the serial numbers off. <laughs> okay. And it'll be very, like, domestic slice of life, you know? Oh, yeah. Very chill. Very chill. Um, so, uh, also, in that, in that book, Kevin would open, like, a coffee shop. And it'd be like a coffee shop AU. Nice. Uh, okay, so in the show proper, Kevin is written out. He survives. Sam and Dean don't have to deal with the guilt of that, which means that when Dean, when Dean's lie gets revealed, Sam actually gets to, like, talk to him about what actually went wrong, what the actual issues are. Because in the show that we got, it didn't, it was never a conversation about Dean lying and gaslighting him. It was instead a conversation about, well, it's my fault Kevin died. Well, no, it's my fault Kevin died. But that was never the main issue. Also, in an attempt to save Dean's character, Dean tells Sam. Sam finds out from Dean. But we still get Gadriel being like, like right after that, we get Gadriel being like, nope, fuck you, Sam. And so we still have to figure out like how to get Sam depossessed. And actually the way that it happens is very similar to the end of season five. So we don't have Crowley possessing Sam and then telling him we have Dean reaching through to him. Mm hmm. And that, and the way that Dean reaches through is through a genuine, actual apology. So none of this, and I would have done it again, bitch. Like, he feels bad about it, and yeah. he apologizes. Hmm. This already sounds like a much better season. I, I would agree. Now, on to the mark of Cain. First of all, Dean does not... Okay, so Dean actually apologizes. I would say Sam is still a little pissed about it. Mm. He's less upset than he was because we have that, like, moment of genuine apology from G Dean. But he's still uncomfortable. He's still not happy about it. Dean respects this. But instead of running away like a bitch, he's like, look... I still have to live in the bunker. It's my home. I will give you as much space as you need. That place is huge. We can hunt separately. You let me know when you're ready to come talk to me. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, Dean is still Dean, so he's still pretty hurt by this, but he is trying his best. He's making an effort to, like, show Sam that he's willing to work on his issues and change. Mm -hmm. And he also tells Sam in this, like, apology that he makes, he's like, look, I panicked at the idea of losing you. I know what we talked about, but I just, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I know I did the wrong thing, and I'm sorry, and I'll never do it again. If I have to bring you back, I will try any other way. And if you tell me no, I will try to listen to you. I promise I will. But I just couldn't face a future without you. We've already lost so much. So that's part of that apology, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Crowley still comes to Dean, and Crowley takes a much more active role in trying to manipulate Dean into taking the mark of Cain, and Dean resists more. So in the season we got, Dean pretty much, like, immediately takes it, but he is a little smarter about it, I think, and doesn't try to, isn't just like, no, you need to give it to me. And I think what needs to happen is, is I think 
Dean because he immediately is like, I don't know, Mark of Cain, murder, murder knife. That sounds like a bad idea. So what needs to happen is Dean needs to be forced into taking it somehow. Right? Mm-hmm. So he does still end up taking it, but it's not something that he wanted or asked for. It's something that he takes to save somebody else. Possibly Sam, possibly Cass, possibly some randos. I honestly can imagine a scenario where, like, Cat or uh, Dean and Crowley, like, D- Crowley tells Dean that he has a way to kill Abaddon, but doesn't tell him what. And then they show up to Kane, and um, instead of the whole, like, I saw you fighting and I knew you were worthy because you're such a good murderer bullshit, instead, what convinces Kane to give Dean the mark is he actually sees Dean's goodness. So they're in a scenario where Dean has to save like a random, a random family. And the only way he can do that is with more power. Cause Sam's not with him and Cass isn't with him and Crowley's fucked off. Right. Um, at the first time sign of danger, but Kane is there. And he sees Dean, like, be willing to do anything to save this family. And he's like, maybe you can handle that power. Maybe, because you're such a good person and you are a hero, maybe you can handle the corrupting influence of the Mark. And gives it to him that way. And Dean has to take it because it's the only way to save these people. And I think it's important that it's, like, a random family because it shows that Dean still internalizes the... Family, saving people, hunting things, the family business. But specifically the saving people part of that, um, that motto. Yeah. It has to and be then, the pejorative. Yes. And then the rest of the season is a slow corruption from the mark of Cain, with Dean taking a much active, more active role in trying to resist it. Mm-hmm. So we don't have Sam and Cass trying to police Dean or Crowley taking the knife away. We have Dean being like, you have to take this knife from me. You have to take the first blade away. I can't be around it because it's causing me to do terrible things. And then when Dean starts slipping up, he recognizes that. And instead of not telling anybody, he starts communicating with Sam. But Sam has to watch helplessly because he he can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And they do need the mark to defeat Abaddon. <clears throat> In this hypothetical separate season, uh, Dean does start acting out, but it's, it's, it's less... Um, like typical abusive tendencies and more like he just gets more murdery, you know? Maybe he normally, kind of similar to what happens, except he's less of a dick about it, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Abaddon gets a much better and more and more worthy death. Uh, yeah, like an actual fight. Yes. Well, like, I think they they either trick her or they do the goddamn uh, thing that they did do, the original thing. But this time they're like, you know, this time we're actually going to encase you in concrete or like some shit, you know? Well, actually, okay, so here's my final change to the season. And then uh, we'll move on. I actually do think it's really important for Dean to kill Abaddon with the mark and the knife. I just think she acts like less of a dumbass. But here's why. Mm. Because Dean giving into the knife is a failure. And so for the last two episodes, it looks like, so at this point in this hypothetical season, Dean has that same thing where he's like, no, I'm not giving you the knife, Sam. Mm -hmm. Like that still happens. But instead of Sam being like, oh, okay, um, I'll just accept this. Sam is like, oh, 
okay, well, I guess Cass and I are going to go defeat Metatron on our own because you cannot be trusted and I'm not going to be around to see this. Yeah. And it looks like Dean is actually going to succumb to the power of the Mark and the First Blade, but Sam and Dean are still separate, but they get back together just to defeat um, Metatron. Sam has like a, hey, you were at a low point and I shouldn't have abandoned you. I should have done more to help you. And Dean's like, oh, well, actually, I understand where you're coming from because I am acting crazy. Let's go defeat Metatron together, bud. And then during that fight, Sam gets incapacitated by Metatron somehow. Metatron and Dean are 1v1-ing it. And it looks like the only way that Dean is going to be able to defeat Metatron is with the first blade. And Metatron is like, yeah, give into it. You know you have to defeat me. You know that's how it has to go down. And Dean resists. He succeeds where he failed with Abaddon, and he doesn't give into it, and he still dies. Metatron still kills him. And then he damn, I like then that. Then he wakes up as it, but he got the moral victory. He didn't give in to, so he loses. And Cass is then able to defeat Metatron the same way he does in the actual season finale. But when Dean has that line at the end where he says, "I'm proud of us, Sam," it actually makes fucking sense because Dean went through a character arc mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> instead of not making any sense like it does in the original show. Because what does he have to be proud of? Um, I think that's why I hated the season finale so much the first time I I watched it. I got to the line where Dean's dying and he says, hey, I'm proud of us. And I was like, for why? (laughs) But for what? What did you you do? (laughs) Okay, so Dean still has that line. He dies in Sam's arms. Now, another change is that Sam is not going to try to immediately summon Crowley. He takes Dean. He's planning on giving him a funeral. Um, You know, he goes to sleep or something. Crowley shows up, Dean wakes up, he's still a demon, and then, you know, season ends. And that's how I would have changed the season to make Dean a better person. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Ari, have you ever considered being a writer? <laughs> it's come up once or twice. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, just just the once, once or twice. Just a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. But that is not the show we got. We get a much more cynical show where everybody's just kind of a shit heel. Mm-hmm. Um including and especially homeless people. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh and so in the future, in season ten, I would like to see a deconstruction of Dean as a hero. Yeah. I, he is a demon. I want to see him claw his way back to humanity as a demon. And I don't mean magically. I don't want any quick fixes. I want him to have to become a better, more human person while being a demon. And I want to see a deconstruction of what it means for Dean Winchester to be a human. Totally. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like I mentioned this earlier this season but this is kind of flip-flopped from sam's demon blood thing and i want i am interested in seeing how sam is going to deal with this me as well me also i mean i've already seen it because you know 
I what I want is for Sam. I want Sam to be able to help Dean come back to humanity with as much empathy as possible. Yes, I want I want that so bad. Travis, you have to temper <laughs> hey! your expectations and expect <laughs> yeah. and like hope for something they realistic. Are, hey, they oh, are yeah. no, so high. I know that that's not going to happen at all. <laughs> Oh, God. That is what I want. There is a difference between what I want and what I know will hey, happen. Hey, buddy, have you ever thought about being a writer? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's come you up. You know, why is it that three jackasses who are not professionals and should not, like, be writing television shows are able to see this shit where the writers aren't? It's like, hey. I feel like Jeremy Carver kind of hates Supernatural. <laughs> I feel like he kind of you know hates it. Yeah, kind of. Fuck. <laughs> oh god. I just imagine Jeremy Carver like in a evil laboratory somewhere. Like, all right, th- there's no coming back from this. The fans have to hate him now. And then he logs on Tumblr and sees that there's like a million blogs justifying all of Dean's actions, and he's like, <laughs> "How is this possible? I've had my best man trying to destroy his character." <laughs> the mental gymnastics they're over 9,000 I know so it is important to me that when characters do fucked up shitty things and they're supposed to be like kind of Star Wars heroes that they learn from their mistakes it just seems so like obvious I don't know God. If there are two writers that I could ever just like get into a room to ask them their thought process, it would be Jeremy Carver and then it would be um Okay, three writers, Jeremy Carver, uh David Gator of Dragon Age fame and then um Buck Lemming. And I know that's <laughs> technically four, but they are a But but they come as <laughs> they, a package they, yeah. at the hip. This essentially they're, they uh, they fucking fuse Dragon Ball Z style to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, so um, the season nine finale, ha- finale has a pretty cynical view of humanity. Uh, Metatron, as Marv heals like three people, brings one woman back to life, and then has an entire camp of homeless people ready to murder and like beat someone to death. Yeah. It just seems um pretty cynical. Yeah. It really does. And like especially with the lady that got hit by the car, Metatron totally set all of that up beforehand. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, that was a that was an angel. I'm fairly certain. Uh because she she's the one like speak that speaks up for him like when the the angel that gets stabbed to death and beat to death. I'm fairly Oh, I'm fairly is it? certain yes. it's the same lady. It is the same lady. I don't know if we're supposed to think she's an angel, if there's if she's a human that's just so gung-ho for Metatron that she would do fucking anything. Um, I mean, to be fair, if I was hit by a car... Well, I don't know. If I was hit by a car and some jackass brought me back to life, I would probably strangle them until they took it back. <laughs> uh, just as a millennial should. Damn right. <laughs> this woman looks to be about, you know, Gen Z. So she, fe- uh, not Gen Z, uh, Gen X. So she probably feels differently. 
maybe an older millennial. I don't know. Yeah. I'll look up the actress. Give me a second. Oh, yeah, I did look up. I don't think that was true about Eric Kripke. I may have been thinking about somebody else. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, wouldn't it have been awesome if it was, though? right? Shit. (sighs) Fuck. I don't know if she... I gotta look in all cast and crew to find her. I posted my favorite Jeremy Carver meme. <laughs> I thought you oh. were the one making those memes. On, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of this guy. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Okay. I cannot find her on IMDb, which just seems inaccurate. Oh, can we talk about Crowley's speech at the end? At the end of Do You Believe in Miracles, when he's like talking to Dean's corpse as Dean gets demonified. The awake. Say that again. So Crowley has a little speech. He like monologues to Dean's oh, corpse. Oh yeah, at at the end of at the end of the yeah episode. at the end of yeah, the yeah, season yeah. where he's like, I didn't know for sure that this was happening. Oh, here, I'll just read it, because there's a quote on IMDb. Your brother, bless his soul, is summoning me as I speak. Make a deal, bring you back. It's exactly about what I was talking about, isn't it? It's all become so expected. All right, well, put a pin in that. You have to believe me. When I suggested you take on the mark of Cain, I didn't know this was going to happen. Not really. I mean, I might not have told you the entire truth, but I never lied. I never lied, Dean. That's important. It's fundamental. But there is one story about Cain that I might have forgotten to tell you. Apparently, he too was willing to accept death rather than becoming the killer the mark wanted him to be. So he took his own with the blade. He died. Except as rumor has it, the mark never quite let go. You can understand why I never spoke of this. Why set hearts aflutter of mere speculation? It wasn't until you summoned me, no, it wasn't truly until you left that cheeseburger uneaten that I began to let myself believe. Maybe miracles do come true. Listen to me, Dean Winchester. What you're feeling right now, it's not death. It's life. A new kind of life. Open your eyes, Dean. See what I see. Feel what I feel. And let's go take a howl at that moon. And then Dean opens his eyes and he's a demon and the season ends. Um, so Crowley says some interesting things in this speech, including it's all become so expected. Maybe miracles do come true. And the reason why I point these lines out in particular is Dean becoming a demon has actually been pretty well set up since season three, right? Since it became clear that Dean was going to go to hell, like that's been a thing. It's not really new or unexpected, Jeremy. Hey, Jerbear? None of this is shocking. Yeah, I mean, the writing's like, been on the goddamn wall. What is shocking is what you're going to do with it next season, Jer Bear. What are you going to do with it, Jer? How are you going to explore that, bud? I'm going to stop calling Jeremy Carver Jer Bear. <laughs> Unless you guys are into that, then, I mean, maybe. He's more of like a Jer Uncare Bear. I'm getting sick of this guy. <laughs> All right. Do any of y'all uh, anything else about this episode before we get into some some codas? <sighs> I just I'm glad it's over. Yes. 
And by over, I mean now we have to endure season 10. But I'm glad season 9 is closed with. And... Yeah, I mean... It, uh, it definitely... Definitely is a thing. So I'm going to temper your expectations real quick, bud. Uh, so here's the bad thing. We've gotten through the crime, right? But now we have to deal with the ramifications. Oh, God. The punishment. Yeah. So here's what really sucks. Aha, like the book. Exactly. <laughs> the bad thing is those ramifications kind of last for a couple of seasons. Oh, no. Mm. Am I wrong, Arathen? You're definitely not wrong, Benjamina. Hell yeah. I have so many... I've, I have said several times that season 10 is my least favorite season. And I stand by that. Travis, are you surprised by that statement after finishing season 9? Honestly, no. I see this as the beginning of the downward spiral. Actually, no, we're in the middle of it. 8 was the beginning. Yeah. Eight eight was the beginning of the corkscrew. Now we're in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, we're in the it. middle eight. where the cork broke. I would I would you know it's funny cuz I actually hated season 8 the first time I watched it, but I would disagree. I actually think that season 8 was better than I thought it was or better than I remember. Um yeah, it definitely had its low points, but it had some some really high highs, particularly Benny um, I mean, being punched in the gut yeah. only seems terrible until you get kicked in the nuts. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, it could also just be that we're in a dirge. Like, maybe if I watch season four and then eight, I would be like, ugh, eight is trash. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, coming off of season seven, season seven was awesome. Yeah, season seven was pretty And good. then eight. Like that, it, it, I'm talking in the general scheme of things. Like, we had a dip on six, brought it back up with seven, yeah. and then eight started this descent that will end, I think, with 11. I definitely think the show does get better at season 12, but I will say that I am in the minority opinion. And I don't think season 12 is amazing. I don't think it's like the best TV ever. It's not prestige TV, but it's not like Game of Thrones, but it's, um, I mean, coming off of season 11, like, yeah. Uh, so, but I have a lot of people who think season 11 is actually where the upswing starts. So That's I guess I've we'll just have to wait and see. That's sort of what I've yeah. alluded to. Yeah. I think that's when the pendulum starts to swing backwards. Or Ted forwards. is definitely. I think we may like disagree on how high that pendulum swings up, but Ted is definitely <laughs> the low point. Yeah. And this we agree, and our friends, Ted is the lowest it gets. <laughs> All right, I want to wrap up. Um, any like final feelings on Stairway to Heaven and Do You Believe in Miracles? And this episode already promises to be 30 hours long, so we're not going to read reviews. Um, but they're about what you'd expect. 
Uh, Stairway to Heaven definitely has the worst reviews. Actually, quite a few six out of tens. Um, and one eight, eight out of ten titled Metatron is the redeeming thing here. Uh, so, hmm. like an eight out of ten that believed um, Metatron was the best part. And then the reviews on Do You Believe in Miracles tend to be like 10 out of 10s, pretty positive. And I, I can see why of the two episodes, Do You Believe in Miracles is definitely the better one. And um, I, I feel like season endings with big cliffhangers are always going to get well, yes, and also they've teased at Dean becoming a demon for years. I actually remember hearing about this when it happened and being like, holy shit, they actually did it. Um, so if you were watching this episode and you didn't have low hopes for season 10, I can definitely imagine hitting that cliffhanger and then being like, holy fucking shit, next season's going to be lit as fuck. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I won't deny that while... Dean becoming a demon does make sense. Yes. The writing is on the wall. Yeah. I didn't think it would actually happen. Well, yeah. I mean, so Supernatural is just so scared to do any real, like, changes with its main characters. I mean, in nine years... Okay, so this is actually something I was thinking about the other day. Why aren't Sam and Dean ever, like, permanently disabled? on the show. I mean, I know they have healing, but healing comes in and out. So like sometimes it's there and it's really effective, but then you constantly have cast be depowered or like the rest of heaven doesn't want to help them because they fucking hate the Winchesters or we could get a demon to heal us, but we have to do a demon deal. The only character who's faced like a serious permanent disability is, um, uh, Bobby and he gets that healed in like the same season it happens in. Oh yeah. yeah. Sam has been hit, like again his brain. He should have applesauce brain by this point. He's gotten so many fucking. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> but none of them are ever blinded. None of them ever like are deafened. They never experience like limps. Their their knees never get fucked up. Super, and I and I think this is a sign of like, well, we need our actors to do crazy. No, you could absolutely write a show where Sam and Dean become disabled, and it would be honestly dope as shit. There is, there is very few disability um, shit that happens. There is an episode in the last season that to say it almost deals with it is a bit of a stretch. It clum it comes very close to dealing with it. Yeah, I, I know what episode you're talking about. Hmm. I I'm not counting that one because one, it happens in the last season. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and two, I I I think it almost I think you're right, I think it almost gets there, but I just don't think they like land oh, God, the no. land that uh that ending. Mm-mm. Um but if Sam and Dean have been doing a very, like, physically taxing job where they get injured all the fucking time. Like, their knees should be shot, man. Yeah. These are these are people in their 30s. Like, I don't care how physically fit you are. And Dean eats like shit. Like, come on, guys. Mm. It would be cool. 
it would be really neat to have like a disabled protagonist on the CW mm. that is still a badass and doing hunter shit. But the show is so scared to have like any serious changes for their characters. So Oh yeah. There are so like, many. There, how are they going to handle Demon Dean? You there know? are so many videos on YouTube and I think Instagram as well uh, about boxers being hit with illegal hits. Yeah. Which is a shot to the back mm-hmm. of the head. Yeah. How many yeah. times has Sam been hit in the back of the head? Um, more times than I can count. The number one thing people like to do to Sam is uh, give him a concussion. Yeah. Dean so... punches him in the face and cold cocks him. Knocks him out this episode. So something that happens if you get hit with a strong enough illegal blow, especially in boxing, and the reason why it's illegal is it is so debilitating of an injury. You can lose mo- like not just like the ability to speech, but fucking motor function and shit. It will fuck you the fuck up. So for yeah. to Sam to not have applesauce brain. His brain has to be made of goddamn, like, silly putty or some shit for it to exist this long. I know they can be healed, but, like, Mm. come on, guys. I feel like there needs to to be, like, some line in Supernatural when we remake it about healing that, like, it's like a multiplicity. If you, like, make a copy of a copy, like, the further you go, the worse it becomes. And I feel like healing should have that same effect. Like, it's not 100% fix. Yeah. It's at best 99%. Heavens. Or huh? or you make it like um, beaming up in Star Trek where you find out that you're really just absolutely obliterating the person that was there and replacing it with an exact yeah. copy. So are they really <laughs> Sam and Dean anymore? Clearly is Dean's that knee? Is your kneecap really your fucking knee? Yeah. <sighs> I just want there to be lasting consequences mm-hmm. for which their is, actions. Which is very interesting, and it makes for a great story. Yeah. But no, I think it, we might see something like that within like the next three years. Yeah. But it's going to be on like HBO. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully when we make Supernatural, it will be on HBO, so that would be nice. Be it good. won't be, yeah. because you know, copyright, but I don't know. I bet we could trick the CW into selling it. <laughs> they, Hey, <laughs> we know they need the money. Yeah. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will give our thoughts on specific episodes and the season as a whole. So cool. yeah. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Wrapping up season nine, baby. You As know, uh, just keep going with what you're saying. I'll, I'll say my thing. Afterwards. I was going to say, as per usual, thank you to everyone who listens and supports the show. Um, we don't really have any guests this season. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some people on for season 10. Thank you, Travis, for being our amazing editor and, um, for writing the theme. They're always fucking bangers. And thank you to everyone who joined our Discord. We've really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Of the season. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, sometimes the conversations aren't necessarily, you know, the most pleasant when it comes to the show, but it's been very I mean, cool. that's that's basically our whole show, though. It's like, yeah. we really tear it up for Supernatural. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so. I will say the conversations that we have during my live streams on the Discords are always usually really pleasant, so that's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Ben will live stream movies and lego set building so that yes. sounds if that sounds cool and interesting head over to patreon.com slash halfcast and one dollar a month you could join our discord three dollars a month mm. you could listen to let's shag ass huh yeah. Huh? Yeah. um but yeah uh this this show is still fun and i still like doing it uh nine yeah, seasons it's... in it's definitely it's still fun to talk about. Yes. Yeah. As as like downhill as some of these episodes are, it's still fun to talk about how downhill they are. And yeah. Sometimes I am surprised on the rewatch. I truly thought that there was going to be nothing about season nine that I liked, and I was only ninety five percent right. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. There you go. Uh, I am glad that this new era of streaming has brought on shorter fucking seasons. Holy shit. Yes. Like, 23 episodes is too many. It's too much. Supernatural did not need 23 episodes for anything. Like, they had it right at season three. We need another writer's strike, so seasons... (laughs) Seasons can just fucking... Stop. A retroactive writer's day. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Okay, so... um, I want to talk about a conversation that I had with a friend of mine. uh, Actually, former guest of the show, Tom. Because we were talking about Habcast. And he was like, so who listens to Supernatural? And are they Supernatural fans? And obviously, I have not talked to every listener of Hey Ass Butt, and I don't know all of you personally, and I don't know how you feel in your hearts. But I do feel like this is a show, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, this is a show made by fans. Yeah. For fans. Like, I would not, if I didn't care about Supernatural, then I would not be putting effort into reviewing it every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wouldn't be so disappointed when it's like Dean turns out to be a jackass. Absolutely. If there was nothing good, then this level of like, you know, rage wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes, I sometimes like, it's hard. definitely just based on, based on like the people that are in our discord and subscribe to our Patreon, like, our, our, the people that listen to our show are fans of Supernatural, and they yeah. get it. Like, they yes. get what we're doing, and they get that it's not a perfect show. And I think, and I, I'm sure that other Supernatural podcasts definitely touch on this, but I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I feel like there's two flavors of Supernatural fans. There's like was on Tumblr in 2012 and then there's also <laughs> was on Tumblr on 2012 and is exhausted. <laughs> Sounds about right for both of you. And we're yeah. in the latter. 
Yep. So I will say, I think that there's this assumption that like, if you watch Supernatural and are a stan or a fan or in the fandom, then you just accept anything that happens on the show uncritically without like ever critiquing it. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. Oh, yeah. At all. Everyone I know who's a fan of Supernatural has shit about Supernatural that they're like, I hate this part of it. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Um, and continue watching it just to be like, but what happened? But how do they, what happens next? It can't be mm-hmm. like this forever, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think some of Supernatural, like, especially everyone who tuned back in for season 15, like, there's a bit of a sunk cost fallacy going on. Yeah, I would agree like with that. It, like, it's gone on this long, might as well stick around for the end. That's well, where I also, was with it, yeah. Yeah. It is possible to recognize that something has serious structural flaws and still enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not me in this season, but <laughs> other stuff. Right? Huh? Huh? Okay, so best and worst. Does anybody... um... Okay, so let's do best first, because that's obviously going to be a smaller list. Much shorter, yes. Um, I've got one. Okay. Heaven Can't Wait. That's the episode where Cass is like human and working in the gas and sip. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a fun one. Yeah. Uh, I'll also say it's the episode afterwards, Bad Boys. That one was okay. Yeah. I I liked, you know, that little bit of past Dean Winchester lore. Mm -hmm. I think Um, that was the best Dean really got this season. Was it? Yeah, him in the past. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sharp Teeth was interesting, but it wasn't good. It was fine. I I liked Firstborn. Firstborn. That was the Kane ep- that was the first Kane episode, right? Yeah. Um, even though I do think Dean was really stupid to take on the mark of Kane, and I thought that Crowley's manipulation of him was very sloppy and also barely done. I yeah. did genuinely I, I, I love um Kane the character, and I love uh Timothy Oldmanson as Kane. Oh yeah, I I love that Kane just goes off and raises bees. I just think that's neat. I think I think that's uh, fucking awesome. It is pretty so, dope. And honestly, this season would have been much improved if Kane had just continued, um, like being more part of the season. Like if he had been a bigger character, I think that yeah. would have been dope. Um. Oh, Mother's Little Helper was really good. That's the episode where we see Henry and how Josie became Abaddon. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And then um, I also really liked Captives. That's the episode where uh, Linda Tran, that's her name, yes. Linda. Uh-huh. Linda's in it, so it is the, um, the best episode of the season <laughs> because Linda was in it. <laughs> uh even though it has one of my least favorite moments in the season. Yeah. Oh. I it's definitely one of those like up and downs. Yes. Yeah. Metafiction was really good. I you did not like Metafiction. What? Yes, I did. 
You did? Yeah. Okay, I don't I didn't know. like there the is... one where Abaddon dies. No, I think you had some issues with metafiction. Yeah, I don't okay. remember you enjoying because that it was like right, it was like Robbie Tom. Oh yeah, metafiction right, was Robbie right. Thompson looking into the camera, going, "I'm the writer. I'm the writer. I'm the writer. I'm the writer." <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> but there were some parts of it that I kind of enjoyed. Okay, yeah. It was not the worst episode of the season. No. What was the worst episode of the season? Holy shit. Bloodlines. Uh, uh, yeah, Bloodlines. I actually disagree. I don't think Bloodlines was the worst episode of the season. What the fuck do you think was? Uh, Alex, Annie, Alexis, Ann? No, King of the Damned. Bloodlines okay. is bad, but it's contained. Oh, it's yeah. just, it's mm-hmm. a standalone episode. It doesn't have a chance to ruin anything else. Okay. But King no, of the Damned true. deals with the season meta and like Crowley's backstory, which actually honestly were the best parts, but um and then that's the episode where Abaddon dies in a super insulting, shitty way. And Dean, it's I mean, Dean's is shitty the entirety of season nine, but I feel like King of the Damned is where like it actually gets really bad. Yeah. Um yeah. so uh, yeah, that is my... It had moments that, like, weren't terrible. Like, I really do like the moments between Crowley and Gavin. And I thought that first scene where Sam and Dean trick Ezra into admitting, like, all the, you know, all the shit without torturing him. I thought that scene was pretty cute and clever, but the rest mm-hmm. of the episode is trash. And how they treat Abaddon is so insulting. Definitely. So, so that wins my pick for worst. Bloodlines is bad, though. And I did yeah. not like it. Yeah. My my picks for worst are I already said Alex Annie Alexis Ann. Yeah. Uh, I'm also gonna go with the purge. So I was actually trying to come up with uh, nominations for a new category, most sexist. <laughs> the purge. The purge, but also between uh, rock and a hard place. Yep. Yeah. Is very bad. Very bad. Ooh, another episode that goes on. I'm going to say the worst list. I don't remember Slumber Party very fondly. That's the Wicked Witch of the West episode. Yeah, okay, that one you, does suck. Oh, that what? That was this season? I know That's the season's gone on for 10 years. Yeah. What? I mean, we also took a huge... Uh, <laughs> we did. We kept being <laughs> we took like, a huge oh break no, in the life middle. is getting in the way. Shit. Yeah. We, we took a huge hiatus in the middle of this, but it was also partly because this season was such a fucking downer that I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Uh, nominations for best monster? Oh, God. Where, what monsters were in this? I actually, I, I, have, I have one, yeah. What I, monsters were in this fucking season besides angels, demons, and werewolves and vampires? You got um, hashtag thin men with a real evil is mo- is man. Oh God! I'm gonna say I can't believe they did e- the real monster is man twice in this episode with Thin Man and Bloodlines. Fucking yeah. Right. Also, um, I would like to nominate Dean Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Good one for both uh, best and worst monster. Best and worst <laughs> monster. Yeah. Definitely the most terrifying one. Worst monster me. in both definitions of worst. Yep. 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 
<laughs> I guess sharp teeth was okay. It was it was weird, but mm. it wasn't like bad. It wasn't bad, yeah. Does this season um, have a best episode or does it have a not bad episode? I think that's I think it I think it has a I mean if you're going to rank something the best, I think you nailed it with Heaven Can't Wait. Yeah. Um Who wrote that episode? Uh hold on. Where is it? Robert Barons. Oh, yeah, Robert Barons. Yes, I remember we watched that episode and we were like, Robert Barons needs to write more shit. And then yeah. he wrote Alex uh Annie Alexis Ann and we were like, Robert Barons needs to write less. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> right. Hey, slow down, Robbie, you know, other Robert. Um um also bad episodes and bad monster dog dean afternoon yes yeah holy shit yep yep uh oh robert barons also wrote captives which is another um that was the episode with linda tran and is therefore the actual best one of the season okay yeah so um hmm <laughs> I cannot believe that Robert Barons wrote Captive, and in that episode, Cass is like, no, I'm not going to kill angels anymore. I'm not going to to torture them and do that. And then, like, two episodes later, another fucking writer is like, oh, clearly what Cass meant is um, that he's just going to get other people to do it for him. Oh, yeah. Clearly, that w- clearly that was a that's definitely- what he meant. That was a definitely like, hey, we're going to the store. And then someone else comes in and is like, no, we're going golfing. Yeah. Like, okay, way to yes and that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, um, uh, God, so dumb. What's the dumbest moment? What was the dumbest moment of the season? Uh, the dumbest moment of the season. Tessa walking into <laughs> Dean's knife. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I am going to nominate uh, Abaddon being like, the only thing that can kill me is somebody with the Mark of Cain and the First Blade. Crowley, get both of those things here. I want them in the same room as me. (laughs) That's fair, too. And then instead of killing you once uh, your purpose is done, I will instead let you live. So I. I want to nominate the setup for Reverend Buddy Boyle oh, yeah. as, a, as a dumb moment because, like you said earlier, Jeremy Carver just throws spaghetti at the wall and hopes that something sticks. Yeah. And they really, they just threw that one. They crumpled it up and put it in the garbage as soon as they could. Like, they, I, they wrote out Buddy Boyle off screen. Yeah. And, yeah. And I I think that could have gone in a much more comp- compelling uh direction. Yeah. I agree. Honestly, Buddy Boyle, we deserved more Buddy Boyle this season. We really did. It Buddy Boyle's my blood. How little we saw it, Buddy Boyle. Oh my god. Yeah. Murder, death, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> uh you know what I'm gonna nominate also for dumbest moment? There's a lot of these. Um mm. The fact that in this show, in this show, 
the Wizard of Oz is a real fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck, yeah. The fact that flying monkeys exist in the supernatural universe, it's too much. It's way too fucking much. Death, murder. I want to I want to make a list of episodes of Supernatural that should not be canon. Oh, it's like ninety oh, yeah, percent okay. of them, Hoss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, maybe do the shorter list. <laughs> yeah, the ones which should. You're right. <laughs> that is the shorter list. Yep. So, do you mean just this season, or in the show in general? In the show in general. Okay, great. We can really pare it down. Um, you know what? I'm nominating for another dumb moment. All of the Game of Thrones references. Because of what I found out today. So, there are Game of reference, Game of Thrones repre- references, like, sprinkled throughout the season. And it's so, like, we would watch it and, and a Game of Thrones re- reference would just come up and it's like, oh, well, it's a Robbie Thompson episode. Oh, well, Game of Thrones is super in the zeitgeist. Oh, well, Sam and Dean are nerds and they need to chill out and they're going to reference popular shows. But it's more than that. Oh, God. Especially if they're going to motels that have HBO in the rooms. Like, you know. Obs. So the reason why Game of Thrones comes up so much this season is because season nine is Supernatural's take on Game of Thrones. But this is back when Game of Thrones is in its heyday. Um, Supernatural was actually predicting the finale, I think. <laughs> so I have not seen Game of Thrones I've seen a little bit of it, but not much. But obviously, like, the Game of Thrones finale is gone down in history as one of the most infamous of all time. But from an article from HuffPost.com, published in 2013, before the season nine premiere, he, there, you know, this uh, article was written by um, Laura Prudham, and she is interviewing J-Pad, Ackles, Singer, Jeremy Carver, Um, And just, like, things they have said about the season. Quote, As Jeremy Carver told us at Comic-Con, the season will also utilize far more of the show's recurring players than ever before. What I find so hilarious about that, if I don't know if you recall, Jeremy Carver was brought in being like, we need to do things differently. We shouldn't rely so much on the lore. We shouldn't just keep bringing back old characters. Do y'all remember that? From, like, season eight? (laughs) Yep. Oh, how times have changed. We're really including some of our supporting characters in big ways this year, he said. We're doing a lot more B and C stories than you've ever seen from the show before, and we're really maximizing the new position that some of our favorite characters are finding themselves in. Because of that, Singer was prompted to compare the season to a certain hit HBO series, a multi-character, multi-level character drama. 
obviously not of the scope of Game of Thrones, but you have all these different worlds going on simultaneously and they cross pollinate, he explained. We left so many balls in the air and we have so many great characters that we haven't paid off that we're kind of telling a, I hesitate to say soap opera, but that kind of character driven multi-layered storytelling. As Pat Alecki pointed out, the Fallen Angels will present a whole new type of challenge in season nine. One that Ackles admitted that brothers aren't particular the brothers aren't particularly well equipped to deal with. We don't know how we're going to navigate the angel situation because it's a new situation. I mean, is it though? Because like they've been dealing with angels since season four. Like they literally went up against heaven, but whatever. Um, and I think it's out of scope. Also, like the whole civil war between the angels thing was season six. <sighs> okay, anyways. And I think it's out of scope of Dad's journal. He said they still have the men of letters at their fingertips to utilize any knowledge they may have. But I think it's going to be a lot of trial and error. They're not quite sure what the angels' intentions are. We don't know if they're friend or foe. We don't know if it might be a case by case basis. So I think they're under the impression if we stick together, we can make it through anything. So here's go. So basically, season nine was like, hey, you know how Game of Thrones has a shit ton of characters and anyone can die and it's all like one big political battle and it's really about the society and how the rich, you know, fucking around with power affects the poor and affects like things on a crazy high level. What if Supernatural did that, but in the dumbest fucking way possible? So there you yeah. have it. Season nine is Game of Thrones, but like bad, real bad. <laughs> I just I can't, I cannot handle. Oh boy, can't. That's such a that's such a ballsy comparison. It yeah. really Holy especially is. Especially Especially in 2013. Yeah. With none of the balls to back it up. Holy shit. So Game of Thrones, again, up until you get to the last season, is really considered prestige TV. It is crazy intelligent. It's based off of a beloved fantasy series that's been out since the 90s. It pulls a lot from real life history. And Supernatural is popcorn. It's junk food TV. Yeah, it's a fun show. Yes, it has its good seasons and its good episodes. But comparing it to Game of Thrones is like comparing a Twinkie to... It's like the John like, Mulaney bit. Let yeah. me have lobster and Skittles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, have y'all tried making a good episode, good season of Supernatural before you try to do another fucking television show? Yeah, holy fuck. Like, try that. Eric Kripke did it. <sighs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> so there's this uh, line from Prince uh, because it happened when like the Foo Fighters wanted to cover one of his songs. Uh, so it was released in like Australia, I think, on a record, but it wasn't mm-hmm. released in the U.S. And Prince was quoted as the saying, "Write your own good tunes before you try and like." before you try and fuck up something good basically oh man yeah. that's how i feel about machine gun kelly's cover of uh that paramore song or machine gun kelly's cover of anything yeah so oh god i wish that i knew how to like actually figure this shit out this episode is 10 years long we're almost done i promise um <laughs> i wish i actually knew how to figure this shit out but there has to be like kind of a 
the the boons the successes have to taper off for a show like supernatural right so supernatural yeah. is so dependent on its lore it's so dependent on fan service it's so dependent on you going back and watching seasons one through eight to get season nine that at some point you can't bring in new viewers right there's yeah. just yeah. too much backstory to get through it's it, it's it, okay. So my thing is that if I, when I was in middle school and high school and I was like reading, you know, I was really into anime and I was reading manga. If I found out that a manga had been going on too long, I wouldn't start it because I didn't want to have to read all that backstory. I'd much rather oh, find yeah, something definitely. New. That's why, that's why I haven't touched Jojo and that's why I haven't touched one piece. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's just, unless I know, uh, unless I know that it is finished. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. So that's so, Okay, Game of Thrones comes out, and it is fantasy for people who don't like fantasy, which is, of course, as Lindsay Ellis points out in her amazing Game of Thrones videos, not fucking true. Game of Thrones is actually super fantasy. It's high fantasy, even. Um, It is, you know, dark and gritty and has characters who are assholes, but if you know anything about the fantasy genre, it's not, like, crazy different from other shit. Yeah, there's like they, there's like their own made up countries and their own made up languages. Like it's fucking Tolkien shit. Yeah. yeah. Like the main difference between Game of Thrones and Tolkien is that Tolkien mostly wrote about stalwart heroes fighting against like, you know, the ultimate evil and Game of Thrones is like, well actually there's a lot of gray. Mm-hmm. Um and if that's your jam, that's totally fine. And Game of Thrones or, you know, Song of Ice and Fire is a very successful series and it inspired a lot of dark fantasy that came after it. But to act like it's something that, you know, football fans like because it's so different from other fantasy is really dumb. But that was the narrative that was being said when Game of Thrones is in his heyday. And I can mm-hmm. totally imagine Jeremy Carver and Robert Singer hearing this and being like well, we're a fantasy show that, you know, we're not bringing in new viewers. Maybe this is how, how we, we do doing? it. Yeah. Maybe this is what people need. I don't know if I'm the exception to this rule or not, but I have watched some of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I am a football fan. I don't care for Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but you also don't hate fantasy, Ben. It's true. Very true. Honestly... From what I've like gleaned from your taste, you're—I I imagine you're more of a high fantasy person, or not an urban fantasy person, than high fantasy, maybe. Yeah, but I might be wrong. It's partially that, but it's also partially if something's so far up its own ass, supernatural being excluded there, I typically don't enjoy it. I honestly, if the finale to Game of Thrones had been good, I would have started watching it but the shows but the books it seems like the books are never going to end yeah and the show's ending is so bad that it just doesn't seem worth it to Mm -hmm. pick it up you know the other day i was like what if i rewatched how i met your mother and then i slapped myself (laughs) in the face and go why would the fuck would you do that So I rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender instead. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. That ending is amazing. Yeah. You know, I've seen Cowboy Bebop, probably the anime, uh, not the live action show, probably like 10 times at this point. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I'll rewatch individual episodes, or sometimes I'll just rewatch the five, like, plot episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I used to actually rewatch like episodes. So Supernatural, right? I am rewatching, you know, seasons one through five. And then I get older and I, but I still watch single episodes and those single episodes are still ones that I go back to. And they're, they're like mystery spot and when the levee breaks and swan song um, and like some episodes, some like standalone monster of the week episodes of season one and the, and the two part finale of season two, right? What I consider to be the greatest hits. Yeah. Since Supernatural's finale came out, I have not watched a single episode of Supernatural that was not for this show. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I find it incredibly totally hard that. to get future vision, like to watch ahead. Yeah. I just try to rely on my memory right now and it kind of sucks, but I do need to like figure out time to get future vision back. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and now that we're like past, and now we're on to like Demon Dean bullshit, I think it's going to be a little bit easier. Yeah. But we'll, we'll goddamn see. You know what? I hate to end it here, but it's such a downer ending. There was, I, in my opinion, there weren't any good episodes. There were only episodes that were mediocre at best. Uh, top worst, Thin Man. Blade Runners, Mother's, Mother's Little Helper, and that's only because that's what's open on IMDb for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have season 10 to look forward to. Yeah. Yay! Oh, boy. Mm. Travis, well, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah. Any season predictions? Like, like in, for season 10 in general? Yeah, yeah, and serious, serious predictions. Yeah. Okay. As serious as you can be. Um, I think obviously you're going to open with Demon Dean, and I think we're going to spend about 12 episodes dealing with Demon Dean, and then by that point, something else will have reared its head, probably Kane, and then we got to deal with Kane for 20 more episodes. I'm sorry. 12 more episodes. I almost <laughs> I almost made a season of Supernatural 32 seasons long, 32 episodes long and that would have been too many. Yeah, fuck. You have high hopes for the season, Travis. Oh god, I know, I know that Kane comes back. I've seen them. Mm. I've seen, seen clips of these episodes. Yeah. I know Kane comes back. Travis, you should put on Pink Floyd's song High Hopes. <laughs> And just, like, zen out for a second. Yeah. Hey, buddy, your expectations are up here. Oh, God. Bring them down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have Demon Dean, and it's only going to be a thing for four episodes before some other bullshit happens. (laughs) It's apt. (laughs) Also, uh, you were, like, looking for suggestions for the type of genre for the newest season. Have you decided on a genre? Yeah, it's gonna be a little. Uh, it's gonna be a funky little eight bit thing, okay. and it's gonna have and uh, going with uh, from our Discord. I asked the Discord this question. Also, if you join our Discord, you can have a little input on that. 
uh, Corey in our Discord suggested something somewhat triumphant <laughs> to be like, yay, we, we made it past another episode of season 10. Yes. So it, it's going to have it's going to have a little bit of triumph and also a little bit of tribulation. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, love I can't it. wait to hear it. Well, listeners, thank you to listening to this episode. It's so long. It's the longest. It's one of the longest ones we've done in a while. Do you yeah, remember when our episodes it. used to be like 10 years long? Like literally, yeah. legitimately, like three like hours? This long, yeah. Yep. Oh, we've gotten so much better. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking around. I know it's been kind of a downer season, and I know it's only going to get worse, but if you enjoy listening to us trash talk Supernatural, you're in the right fucking place. And I think sometimes as fans, we need that catharsis, yeah, right? Fuck. Yeah, We need to hear that, no, it's the writers who are wrong. It's not us. Mm. Um, (laughs) It's the youth. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Habcast. Check out our socials at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram. And hey, ask about a supernatural podcast on Facebook. And stay tuned for season 10 because it promises to be a doozy. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye. Bye.